thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We're looking today at uh, what does Jesus say about the mess of life? And um, it reminded me about um, years ago when, I, when we first had our first child, Josh, he was a little baby, he started to kind of toddle and crawl well, crawl around the house. And, and I was cooking one day in the kitchen, believe it or not, and I had something under the grill um, and I just kind of got distracted and, and it caught on fire. And as I pulled it out and it got on fire, I kind of panicked a little bit because I, I am a little bit dramatic, my wife tells me from time to time. Anyway, I was trying to put the fire out and so I got this tea towel and I was going like that. And then it, the, the, the grill pan fell and it, slipped, and it fell out of the oven and um, hot fat went everywhere and flames went everywhere and I slipped. Um, on, on the fat and so I'm lying on the floor there's flames and fire everywhere and then Josh um, our little toddler was toddling into the kitchen and it was all a bit of a mess okay and basically my wife uh, realised what was happening and she walked in as calm as everything because she's ultimate calm and I'm ultimate panic in situations like this and she kind of put the flame out and said you're a real Muppet, something along that kind of sense. But I realised I got myself into this mess and my reaction to the mess created more mess. I don't know whether you identify with what I'm talking to you about. You know, what, what does our mess say about us? What does our mess say about us? And I googled this and apparently if you are someone that likes breadcrumbs in your bed, then that says about you that you don't believe a lot in romance. We'll leave that one there. If you have a messy desk, apparently you're creative because it's like organised chaos. That's your excuse anyway. If you have a messy wardrobe, then apparently you're nostalgic because you're a bit of a hoarder and you like to hold on to stuff. But if you have a messy appearance, you're a fiery personality because you just don't care what other people think about you. I don't know what your mess says about you. One of the things that's so funny is when you see little kids getting into a mess and their innocence when their mum or their dad says, how did you get into that mess? Of course, as adults, we don't get like that, do we? Like, like we totally get the mess in our lives and we totally own up to it. Yeah, we don't, do we? And you see, what does your mess say about you? Maybe the mess that you've caused yourself. Maybe the mess that others have created in your life. Maybe just the mess of life. And as Andy and Laura said just a few minutes ago, 2020 has really been a messy year so far. Or maybe there's mess in your life that you're actually not aware of. What does Jesus want to say about the mess of life? Whether it's the mess that you're aware of, whether it's the mess that others have caused to you, or whether it's the mess that you're just not aware of, what does Jesus have to say about the mess of life? You know, I think sometimes we look at uh, the mess of, of our life at like this kind of ball of wool here and, and it's all tangled up and we, we, we kind of, I don't know about you, but if you've ever tried to untangle anything, not that I've ever done it with a ball of wool, but maybe with your headphones or something. And for me, I just try and pull hard and just get it apart. And of course, what that does is it makes it worse. What does Jesus want to do with the mess of my life and with the mess of your life? You know, I think many of us, we, we, we get this wrong because we, we have this kind of idea about God uh, and maybe you're someone that's connected in today and, and, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus. You don't even know whether God exists. Um, but you know, even if you are a follower of Jesus, we, we get this wrong somehow. We think that God wants us to sort all of our life out uh, and, then, and then if he sorts, we can sort all our life out, then he'll accept us and then he'll say that's okay. And, and I think we kind of get that wrong really. You see, the reality is that what God wants to do with our mess is he doesn't want to untangle it all. He wants to transform it so that it goes from a mess into 
a message. And I want to show you some pictures, some images, if you like, of what can help us understand this. The first one is this, the tattoo. And I don't know whether you've ever had a tattoo or, you know, me and Alison, when we were on holiday a few years ago, we, we realised loads of people have tattoos. You know, like we looked around and it's like, we, are, we may be the minority here now. And I don't know whether you've ever had a tattoo and, and you regretted it. And funny story, and I have told this before, some of you will know it. Again, my eldest son, Josh, I'm sure he won't mind me saying it. Well, I'm doing it now, so there you go, too late. Anyway, when he was 18, he went off to university, and on his first trip back, first weekend back from university, just gone away, in with a whole load of lads, etc. We're in a newsagent, WH Smith, I think it was, although other newsagents are equally as valid, to just clear that up. Anyway, we're looking at the magazines, and he's looking at a magazine, a tattoo magazine, and I, and I say to him, Josh, what are you looking at that for? And he said, well, I'm 18 now, so I thought I'm going to get a tattoo. What do you think? So I think to myself, right, Leon, don't overreact. He's 18. Say the right thing. So I said, mate, you're 18. It's your body. Do what you like. To which he said, I'm glad you've said that. I've already done it and dropped his shirt. And there was horrible tattoo tattooed across, across his back. And of course, I reacted in a very calm manner. Not. But basically, when you've had a tattoo that you regret, what do you do with it? Now, I am not recommending this show, which I've stumbled onto, but there is a show out there called Tattoo Fixers. And basically what they do, please don't go and watch it, it's horrible. But basically, they take a horrible tattoo that you really regret in your life. Often it's when people were drunk or etc. And what they do is they, they don't take it off, but they create something around it which transforms it from a tattoo that you hate into a tattoo that you love. Here's another picture. This pot here is Kintsugi art. This is Japanese. And uh, this basically is an ancient art of taking a broken pottery and rather than trying to kind of make it new, almost take the cracks and take the brokenness and transform it into something brand new. In other words, it's taking the mess and transforming it into a message. And in fact, what Kensugi says is it treats breakage and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise. This is the great news about God. What Jesus came to do was to take the mess and the brokenness of our lives and transform it, not disguise it, transform it into something beautiful and powerful. He does that in Raj's life, as you heard. He's done that in my life and he's doing that in my life. And I know that he's doing it in many of your lives too. The third picture that I want us to look at is in the Bible. And it's a story that we're going to look at in our time together. It's from Luke chapter 7 and it's verse 36 to 50. And before we read some of it, I want to just tell you the story a little bit. See, Jesus is invited to the house of a Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee is a religious leader. Now, they don't think they got any mess, okay? Because they do everything on the outside and they keep the rules and they're good and they're diligent and all of this. They don't ever see their mess, uh, and, um, and this guy called Simon invites Jesus to his house for this dinner. And they're sat around. And have you ever been to a dinner party? Have you ever been to, a, to an event in a house? And it's awkward. And it just feels awkward. And all the conversations feel awkward. I think that's what was happening here. Because these guys, Simon and his mates, were out to try and trick Jesus and catch him out. Uh, and, it, and if it doesn't feel awkward enough, then this woman, and the Bible says she'd lived an immoral life. So she had a reputation. Uh, she was well known. Um, her mess was legendary. 
Her mess was out there. Her mess was there for everyone to see. And she walks into the middle of this dinner party with these religious people, okay? And they excluded people like her. And in the middle of all that, she lets her hair down. And, and she has this kind of bottom, bottle of perfume called an alabaster jar. Now, this isn't an alabaster jar. This is aftershave from next. Okay, but basically, she wouldn't have had what I have and what you have with this little kind of spray thing where we can just spray it, okay? It was in a jar. And she, this, it represented, oh, that smells. It represented her whole life savings. But you see, what she saw in Jesus was someone who could help her. And so what she did is that she took the jar and she broke it and she poured it out over the feet of Jesus. And not only did she let her hair down, which was a sign of seduction in in the Middle East in this season, not only did she break all of her life savings and poured it out over the feet of Jesus, but she wept. And this kind of demonstration of emotion caused Simon to have a go at Jesus. And then it says this, and we'll read this together. And then he, this is Jesus, turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. You know, the guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Two big ideas I want to share with you, okay? Number one, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus loves to fix what's messed up. Jesus loves to fix What's messed up, whether it's the mess that we're aware of, whether it's the mess that others have caused in our life, or even whether it's the mess that we're not aware of that's in our life, Jesus loves to fix what's messed up. This woman, she knows she's in a mess. She knows her life is in a mess. She knows that she's been driven in all kinds of ways, and she knows the shame that she carries. But she comes to Jesus, and this is amazing because she knows the mess that she's in, but Jesus fixes the mess that she's in. But here's the thing. You have to know the mess that you're in sometimes because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. And as she comes to Jesus, he fixes her mess. How does he do it? By accepting her as she is. He doesn't say, sort your mess out, sort your relationships out, sort all that stuff out, then come to me. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus does. Guys, when we think that, we get Jesus wrong. But he says, I accept you as you are, but I love you too much to leave you as you are. So he accepts her, he validates her, he honours her, and then he empowers her by forgiving her. You see, the woman, she's, her mess is caused because she's looking for stuff and the drive inside of her causes her to look for the answers to what she needs in relationships, relationship after relationship. And that's often what causes the mess in your life and my life is that we have needs and desires and when we don't come to God with them, then actually we get in more and more mess. I found this amazing quote. I don't know the guy, Dominic Ricciatello, and he said this, I was shattered glass but you weren't a repairman. I was shattered glass, but you weren't a repairman. I I tell you what, guys, whoever you are today, Jesus is the ultimate repairman. 
And whatever the mess is in your life, maybe right now your marriage is in a mess. Maybe right now your relationship is in a mess. Maybe right now, you know, as we're coming out of lockdown and it's been such a hard season, maybe your addictions are out of control and you're saying, I'm in a mess. You're shattered glass. You need a repairman and his name is Jesus. And Jesus said, your mess doesn't scare me to this woman. He says, your mess doesn't horrify me. Your mess doesn't appall me. Your mess doesn't push me away. In fact, your mess intrigues me. Your mess calls me. Your mess draws me. I love to fix what's messed up. (laughs) How does Jesus fix our mess? You know, there's an old Bible word called repentance. In Hebrew, it's called shuvah. And um, when when we look at this word shuvah, um, we, we think it means turn. Okay, so in other words, I'm going a certain direction and I make a turn. And that's true, but incomplete. So we think, okay, maybe not turn, but maybe it's you turn. So I was going in that direction and I go 180 degrees and we go the other direction. That's true, but incomplete. The better word for shuvah, the better word for repentance, this is how our mess is fixed, is return. Return. And what God does is he, when we come to him, when we allow Jesus to fix our mess, then we return to our original creation. You see, you and I, our, our, our point of connection, our point of understanding who we are is not brokenness, it's goodness. The Bible said that when, he, that when we were created, we were created not as broken, but as good. And whenever we go away from God, whenever we turn away from Jesus, whenever we try and meet those legitimate needs outside of Him, we end up in a mess. And God calls us all the time to a life of returning to our original intended state, which is not brokenness, but is goodness. And I love this quote from a guy called Craig Lunsborough. Listen to this. God is able to fix that which is broken so that what stands repaired is immeasurably greater than that which stood before it needed repair. Therefore, the most staggering brokenness conceivable is in reality the greatest opportunity imaginable. Guys, many of you know that you know there was brokenness in your life and you came to Jesus and you allowed him, you gave him the mess of your life and you allowed him to fix it and you returned and he's in that process of returning you to who you really are. He's calling you back to goodness. But listen, that isn't a one-off process. We have to continually give him that mess. You see, Jesus can fix any mess apart from one the one you don't give him. And so guys, if you're in a mess today, if there's mess in your life, he loves to fix it, but you have to give it to him. You know, each week um, in this series, you're gonna hear a story of someone in our church in one of our locations. You heard Raj's story earlier on. You're gonna hear another story right now. This is Abby's story. Abby's part of our Hagley uh, location, our Hagley congregation. And uh, this is her story of how just a few years ago, she brought the mess of her life how she returned to Jesus and what Jesus has begun to do in her life. This is Abby's story. Hi, my name's Abby. Let me tell you about my history with Jesus. I was baptised when I was 19 and although I stopped going to church shortly after, I always had Jesus in my heart. Four years ago, my life was turned upside down. My relationship broke down 
and I was on my own with my two boys. I left the job where I'd been for 18 years and started a new job. I felt really unsettled. I was in a really dark place with no idea what my future held. I was longing for healing and direction and felt that Jesus could provide this for me. So when a friend told me about Life Central Church, I went along. Each week I felt the sermons I was hearing were directly aimed at me and the situation I was in. They impacted me so much and were so relevant to my life that I'd end up in tears most weeks. I decided to consider what Jesus was offering me. I joined a connect group and met some fantastic caring people who helped me explore God's word. I began to worship and do daily devotionals and slowly rebuild my relationship with Jesus. Since then, my life has changed dramatically. I've been promoted to head of care at the residential school where I work. I'm moving house and my boys are happy and content. I'm not saying that life's a bed of roses now by any means, but I can honestly say that since deepening my relationship with Jesus, I can face challenges with a whole new perspective. I now have hope for my future and know that I can do all things through Jesus as he continues to strengthen me. He's done so much for me already and I can't wait to see what he's going to do next in my life. Abby, thank you so much. That's so amazing. You know, one of the things that I love about being connected to a church and being part of a church is when you see people and you hear people's stories. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm really missing about us not being together physically. You know, when we sing together and, uh, and it's not just about the songs and the music and, and even the connection with God. It's about sometimes I look around the room and, and see people like Abby and others and Raj and think, hey, there's a story there. You know, there was some mess there in their life, but they surrendered it to Jesus. And Jesus begins to transform our mess into a message. He begins to do that tattoo fixing thing. He takes that kintsugi broken art and make it something beautiful. And so you see, the first idea is just that Jesus loves to fix what's messed up. But here's my second idea today. Sometimes Jesus wants to mess up what's fixed. So he loves to fix what's messed up, but sometimes he wants and even needs to mess up what's fixed. You see, the, the woman's, the alabaster jar was fixed. She couldn't spray a little bit. She had to break it or it was fixed, but it had to be broken before she could receive what she needed. But of course, the other guy in the story is the guy, Simon, who's the Pharisee. He's fixed. He doesn't think he has any mess in his life, but Jesus knows that he does. And so what Jesus does is as he turns to Simon and as he says, hey, Simon, let me contrast how she was with me and how you were with me. See, when I came into your house, Simon, this is what she did. And actually, in the kind of um, world in which Jesus and Simon and the woman were living, it was customary for the host of a meal to, to um, anoint the, the guest. It was customary for the host of the meal to, to greet the guest with a kiss of course, we can't do that now, social distancing and all that, but this was in the world. And it was customary for him, for, for the host, to wash the feet of the guest. They were, they were the three customs. She did all three. The host didn't do any of them. And, and so Jesus looks at Simon and says, hey, what's happened here, Simon, is that you're fixed. You've got yourselves fixed and you're in a mess. And I need to break, I need to, I need to mess up what's fixed in order to deal with the mess that's in your life. And I don't know about you, but I think we've been really messed up a little bit, haven't we, in 2020. Since COVID-19 and since we've in this situation, all of our lives have been messed up. Now, I am not saying Jesus has caused any of that, 
But I am saying that sometimes Jesus wants to and even needs to mess up what's fixed in order to deal with the real mess that can be at work in our lives. Catherine Booth, who was um, the, the wife of William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, she said this, if we are to better the future, we must disturb the present. In other words, we need to mess up some things that are fixed in order to have a better future tomorrow. And I want to just give you a few areas that I think Jesus is messing with us a little bit in order to get to the mess that's underneath. The first one is this, our ways of thinking get fixed. Our ways of thinking get fixed and they need messing up. And maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus right now and you're saying, I don't believe in all this God stuff. And maybe for you, the, the issue is, how can you believe in God you know, when there's science and, and creation and all of that? And one of my favourite little stories is, is one I heard years ago of a, of a preacher and he was on a TV debate show with a scientist. And the scientist said to him this, you, know, you, you have faith in God. You believe that God created something out of nothing. That's crazy. And the preacher thought for a bit and then, and then looked back at him and says, and you believe that nothing created something out of nothing. Which is the more closed-minded view? Which is the view that takes more faith? And you see, maybe for you, you you've, you've got yourself fixed in your thinking that, that, that there couldn't be a God. And, and I wanna say to you, open up your thinking. Maybe Jesus wants to mess with your thinking a little bit in order to get to the mess that maybe underneath. But you know, if you are a follower of Jesus, our thinking can still get fixed. And when our thinking gets fixed, all things can happen. I love this little story of a guy called Cliff Young. And Cliff Young um, was a sheep farmer in, in Australia. You can see him running there. And at 61, Cliff Young, dressed like that, turns up at um, the race, which is a huge race, 544 miles from Sydney to Melbourne. They, they run, okay? And as he turns up, he literally dressed like that with, with like galoshes and, and the coat and boots and all around him are runners and they're all in the proper gear, in the lycra, sponsored by all the people and they look at him and they laugh. This is the first time Cliff Young has ever gone into a marathon. And you see, all the other runners, they know how to run it. So you run hard in the day, sleep six hours at night. Run hard the next day, sleep six hours at night, etc. Cliff Young didn't know that. He didn't have that fixed thinking. So what Cliff Young did is he just kept running all through the day and all through the night. Not at a fast pace, but he just kept going. He won the race. He, beat, he, he, he knocked 10 hours off the record for the race. And when he was given the prize money, $10,000, which was a lot of money back in the day, he gave it to all the other runners. And like, I love that story because it just shows that when we get our thinking fixed, then our future can be fixed. But when we allow Jesus to mess up our thinking, all kinds of things can happen. Maybe you've got your thinking fixed and maybe, maybe if you surrender it to Jesus, he could mess that up a little bit in order to show you something that he wants. Second thing is our ways of behaving get fixed. You know, our patterns, our cycles. Guys, even in this time, maybe for some of you, you realise that the way you cope with life you know, the way that you reach for something when you're, when you're under pressure, whether it's a bottle or whether it's an addiction or whether it's, whether it's food or whether it's relationships, our patterns, our ways of behaving get fixed. Sometimes we need to say, Jesus, would you mess with what's fixed in order to deal with the mess of my life? Also, I think our ways of relating to God get fixed as well. You know, and certainly that's happened, hasn't it, in this season? And I want to leave my notes for a moment and just really talk to you straight down the camera. Guys, if you're part of Life Central Church, 
You know, the church is still open. The building isn't, but we are. And you know, our ways of relating to God can get fixed. And this is challenging time for all of us. And I want to say to you, as we're entering into whatever it is, week 15 or 16 uh, since COVID-19 hit, you know, early on, I, I noticed that a lot of us were, were starting the day with God and ending the day with God. Uh, you know, on, online, we were connecting in and we were, and I noticed in the last few weeks, as life has started to open up, that maybe our engagement has started to drop. And I understand all that, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Our ways of relating to God can get fixed. And even now we've got a new normal and it gets fixed. Stay awake. Stay alert. Don't get so fixed. We need to get deep into God, deep into relationship and deep into his mission for transforming our world. And you know, we will in the next few weeks and months talk to you about how we want to reopen the building, how we want to regather as church. And that will happen probably in the autumn. But you know, in, up until that time, let's not get fixed. Let's stay open to Jesus. And I really want to encourage you guys. Some of those things that we did early on in lockdown, you know, the, the testimonies and the stories we were getting back of people whose relationship with Jesus was getting deeper, whose sense of community with their connect groups was getting stronger. And we're noticing that actually a little bit of that is beginning to drop now. Maybe through tiredness or through fatigue. Guys, let's not do that. Let's dig deep into, into our relationship with Jesus. Let's dig deep into community with each other. Let's not get fixed, but let's stay open to all that Jesus has to do. How does Jesus deal with the mess of our life? God, what, guys, whatever that is, let me just say, He did it by taking onto Himself my mess and your mess. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be made right with him. He did it by taking our mess onto himself. But then he's also, he's doing it. As we surrender our mess daily to him, he's transforming our mess into a message. Alison and I had a conversation just yesterday where we realised that there's some stuff going on inside of us emotionally that's a bit messy right now. And we need to give it to him. We don't just give him our mess. We give it him to our mess as it happens. You know, one of the great things I love about Christianity is that religion says change and then follow God. But Jesus says, no, you follow me and then you'll change. It's a daily process. He's dealing with our mess as we give it to him. And here's the great news. One day he will completely deal with our mess. It says in Philippians 1 verse 6, I am certain, says Paul, that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Guys, I don't know what kind of mess you're in right now. Maybe your mess is an emotional mess. Maybe your mess is a financial mess. I know many of you are concerned about your jobs right now. Maybe for some of you, your, 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 your mess is relational or within the family or within your marriage. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a mess that somebody else has caused for you. But listen, the only mess that he can't transform is the one that you don't give to him. And you know, in a moment, um, our guys are gonna sing a song for you that they've recorded this week. It's an amazing song and it's simply called Redeemed. And again, that's another old Bible word. Uh, word and it literally means, it means bought back with a price. It's from the whole kind of world of slavery. You know, in the days of Jesus, the Roman Empire, there were a million people in the Roman Empire. A third of them were slaves. And, and, and when a slave was bought and given freedom, there was, a, there was a financial transaction. There was a legal transaction. But it also, the word redeemed means covered. 
It's like God says, hey, when you give your mess to me, I'm going to cover it like the tattoo fixer. I'm going to cover it like the kintsugi art. What I'm going to do is I'm going to transform that mess into a message. And so I want to I encourage you guys, as you uh, listen to this song in a moment, give that mess to him, whether it's your mess or whether it was a mess given to you. Or maybe right now you say, hey, I'm fixed. I've just got myself too tight and fixed and maybe I need messing up. Then you can surrender that to him as well. I love this quote from Louis Giglio, guy from America. And he said this, don't let the enemy try to define you by your scars when Jesus wants to define you by his. Guys, don't hold on to your mess. Don't hold on to your scars. Surrender them to the one who can redeem you. You know, don't, don't be defined by your scars when Jesus wants you to be defined by his. So, so maybe right now, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now, even online. You can do that right where you sit. You can just say, hey, Jesus, I wanna know you. But you could go one stage further in the, in the, the chat on whatever platform you're on. Um, there's gonna be some uh, information come up right now and you can click on that if you wanna respond and give your life to Jesus today. I wanna pray for you. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to just pray for you right now. And all you need to do is to click on that hand if you're on church online or you could follow the link on YouTube or Facebook as well. And just surrender your life to Him and have that experience of knowing Him, beginning to work in your life, beginning to transform the mess into a message. Let me pray for you right now. Jesus, I want to thank you for every single person that's watching and listening to this right now. God, I pray that they would know that they don't have to sort everything out before you accept them. So Jesus, as they surrender their life to you, would you begin that process, transforming their mess into a message? God, thank you that you did it by taking your, our mess onto yourself. And as we repent, as we return to our original created design, whenever we move out of that, God, we're never at our best. But when we return to you, then we are who we were created to be. So God, I pray that people would accept you and respond to you and return to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, maybe um, there's some mess in your life right now. Maybe there's some mess that you created. You know, as little kids at the start, me, did I do it? Lipstick, peanut butter, ice cream, maybe if you're honest, there's some mess that you created. Or maybe there's a mess that somebody else has created. Or maybe there's just a mess of life. Maybe some of you, you're right, saying right now, I'm really struggling this week. You know, you've got some big conversations at work coming up. You've got some big conversations with the doctors coming up. You've got some big conversations with family members or your husband or your wife coming up. Listen, while we sing our final song together, I want to encourage you to ask for prayer. I want to encourage you to take whatever mess there is and surrender it to the one who loves to fix what's messed up. And as you do that, maybe some of you realise, actually, it's not a mess. Actually, I'm just too fixed. I've got myself fixed and that needs messing up. And I want to encourage you to surrender that to God as well. So there's going to be some prayer opportunities come up right now. 
And while we're singing our final song together, which is an amazing song about what Jesus has done for us and the mess He's taken onto Himself so that we could be set free and redeemed. As we do that, if you want prayer, then engage with the prayer chat as it comes up. Or you can just go straight to our website and fill in one of the Say One For Me prayer responses and we would love to pray for you. Guys, it's been great to connect with you. I hope you've got a lot out of this. I have in preparing it and I hope you have as well. This song is such a Delta, okay, and I want to encourage you to turn the volume up and sing it with everything that you've got. This is how we are redeemed because of what Jesus has done for us. This is forever. <laughs>